Hey there, I'm Sarah Zarella, a portrait and wedding photographer and your host for Wedding Secrets Unveiled. This is a podcast where we cut through the complexity of wedding planning, leaving you with everything you need to know directly from the industry experts. If you want to simplify your wedding planning while having fun, of course, you came to the right place. Join me while I guide you through your planning, starting from your engagement to your big day where you say, I do. After photographing for the past 19 years, I am sharing with you tips and tricks to cut through the excess noise because I believe from the moment you said yes, your planning experience should be a magical time in your life. Here you will find episodes that are fun, stress-free, and straight to the point with a fresh, honest take on the reality of what you really need to know about planning your perfect day. Let's dive in. Welcome back to Wedding Secrets Unveiled podcast, friends. I am here with Suzanne Day from the Newport Experience. We have a unique episode for you today with an eclectic group of past and present couples to share their planning experience with you. Sarah, thanks so much for having me back. This is exciting. I love this group. We have five couples today, two hosts, one fabulous producer. Hi, Dan. And these couples um, were married in 2019, 2020, 2021. And then we have two couples that are getting married this year in 2022. And listening to their advice, talking with one another, encouraging one another, I'm just it was so emotional at some points talking about different highs and lows of this whole planning process. I'm just so impressed with this episode and I can't wait to share it with everyone. And something else that's really interesting is how this episode is being produced. So Sarah and I are here in her studio with Dan and the five couples are actually on Zoom. So as you're listening, you might hear some deviations in the audio between what's going on here at the studio and what's going on at home. So sit back and enjoy. I love it. Yes. We hope that you all enjoy this episode. We really put a lot of time and thought into it. And I hope at the end, you have some great takeaways. And be sure to listen to the very end because there's some great little points that come up at the very end of the episode. So sit back, relax, and enjoy our show. Hi, my name's Jessica. Um, I got married on October 16th, 2021 at the Aldrich Mansion in Warwick, Rhode Island. Um, my husband, Oliver, and I met on the dating app called Hinge, but he actually works with one of my good friends from college who was a bridesmaid in our wedding. So there was a friend connection from the beginning, and we had a wonderful wedding, and I'm looking forward to talking about it today. Hi, it's Brittany and Dominic, and we are getting married on September 25th, 2022 at Blythewald Mansion in Bristol, and we actually met on Hinge. We went to school together, a small school in Newport, Rhode Island, and never met, and then we met a couple years later on Hinge. Yeah, I feel like maybe we should get Hinge as a, a sponsor. What do, you, what, do we, what do we think? For the wedding, sorry, not for the podcast. I, I kind of love it. <laughs> I kind of love the idea, so fair enough, I'll call them. I'll get right on it. <laughs> So if you're a hinge rep out there, give us a jingle. (laughs) Hi, I'm Jenna. Um, I'm getting married to my fiance, Tyler, in August of this year. And we actually have two wedding dates, August 5th and 6th, because we're having um, an Indian Catholic fusion wedding, which requires several days. So we're getting married at St. Mary's in Bristol and then doing an Indian ceremony at Newport Beach House in August of this year. Uh, We met in law school. Um, We met my first year 
and he spent a year chasing after me while I ignored him completely and then finally I gave in and now we're getting married. Hi I'm Ashley um I got married well we got married on October 19th 2019 um at Crown Plaza in Warwick um my husband Brad and I met um he actually friend requested me on Facebook but um, with him being on the fire department, we actually seen each other since I'm a nurse in the ER. Um, we had seen each other before, but never um, really talked before until I Facebook messaged him and he turned me down on our first date. <laughs> and fair enough. And the rest is history, though. Here you are. <laughs> I'm Emily, and I married my fiance, Corey, on August 15th, 2020, during COVID. We met on Match. Um, 2019, we went on our first date, and seven months later, he proposed. We wanted to keep our original wedding date just because it did have significance to us. Um, we were married in St. Barnabas in Warwick. My parents were married there on August 13th. My aunt and uncle were married on August 14th, and so Corey and I were able to be married on August 15th. I love it. And then your little daughter will have to be married on August 16th. Yeah, <laughs> we went engaged, married, and a baby. Fair 19, 20, 21. I love it. Numbers are your jam. I'm going to start. This is my first burning question, you guys, because I've been seeing this new trend. So did any of you begin your wedding planning before the official engagement? So before you were asked, before, like, did you start calling venues? Did you start calling photographers did you start looking online and doing research did you have your parents reach out so did anybody start pre-planning your wedding before you were engaged so I kind of have a a weird answer to that one I know that somebody did because I got a phone call from somebody over here I think when they were still planning their date and that person was Jenna so Jenna obviously you my friend so I love this question because I have a funny story for it So obviously with COVID, it pushed a lot of weddings back. And I kept getting worried that my venue, um, the one that I wanted, which was Newport Beach House, was going to get completely booked up. Um, And I, you know, knew that my fiance was going to propose. And I kept telling my friends. I knew the exact date he was going to do it. Um, I knew that all of my friends were coming down here. I mean, I knew everything. But he was really, really mad that I knew and that I kept telling people that I knew. So he tells my best friend, who is a horrible, horrible liar. Like, she cannot lie. She was so mad at him and was like, I can't lie to her. I don't know what you want me to do. And uh, she basically reaches out and says, I don't want you to be disappointed when we're all there if he doesn't do it. Um, I don't know why you keep telling people that it's going to happen because you're building yourself up for failure if he doesn't do it. There was another plan so I think you should start reaching out to venues if that's your concern. So this was like April of last year. And I was so upset because I'm sitting here thinking, oh my God, he's not going to do it. And I've told everybody that he's going to do it. So I made myself feel better by reaching out to every venue in the state of Rhode Island to get quotes and everything else that I wanted um, and to set up uh, showings for I think two weeks after that, because I at least knew that it was coming eventually and I wanted to get my date secured. Lo and behold, he did do it on the day that I thought he was going to do it. So I didn't have to be super disappointed that day. But every time I went to a venue, they said, oh, tell me about how you got engaged. When did it happen? And I was like, 
it actually happened last week. And that was about two weeks after I reached out to you. And all of them thought that I was nuts. But it worked out because my venue only had three more dates that I could do. Um, and two of them were holidays. So I really got the last cut. And I'm so happy that I reached out and took the initiative to make sure that I got exactly what I wanted that day. You know, I think it's funny because you say that they all probably thought you were nuts. But, you know, Suzanne, Suzanne you I hear you, it a lot. Yeah. You don't think they're nuts. Yeah. One time I it was it was like New Year's Day or something. And this girl walks in just random off the street like oh we were just driving by and we thought we'd pop in we just got engaged and I was like oh great and helping them and then looked in the system and she was in there from like four months ago and you know what <laughs> it's too? so cute I didn't I was like I didn't give her away because she looked at me and I was like no but you know what though you being a, 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 at the venue sales rep and me being a photographer Jenna I know when you called me about your date good thing you did because literally since then uh, we've had nonstop inquiries about your date, and the same thing with you, Susan. I'm sure you have people who, you know, know they want to get married at cer- certain venues and dates. So basically, if you have a certain date in mind that you really want, or a time of year, or a venue that you want, ma- planning sooner than later will probably be better. Yeah. Did I? Did I? Um, did everybody else answer the question like they wanted to? Um, if you want to put a hand up, if, did you? Anybody else pre-engage plan? So Emily and Corey. Can you weigh in a little bit about this? So I have been planning my wedding since I was little and I knew exactly what I wanted it to look like. I had all the details in my mind exactly as it was. And so when I met Corey, I knew that it was coming, um, but it was just taking, well, he proposed we were dating for seven months, but it was still taking longer than I would have liked. Um, and I was out one day with my mom and I said, you know what, let's just look in a few places that were on my list and to get, gather some information. So we had walked in maybe four places and just asked to take a look at their rooms, um, get their package pricing. And then I brought them home to Corey, who he was the one that thought I was nuts, but we kept talking about it. And then actually we went back to Crown Plaza, chose the date, gave the deposit in October we still weren't engaged yet. So then I really knew it was coming. He didn't have a choice. Um, but then in November, November 2nd, he proposed, but we had already had our date and everything chosen. Um, and then when COVID hit in 2020, there was a brief moment, longer than a brief moment, that I thought we were going to have to cancel that date and completely reschedule. And so then in doing that, we just reserved two dates with them. We kept our original date and then we also chose a date in 2021, which we didn't end up going through with. I love that. And it's so, you know, I think being engaged and buying a house and college, I mean, these are big life moments. I mean, it's natural that you should want to reach out and figure out dates and pricing and availability. But yeah, to your point, I I I guess I just wish that more people weren't so stressed out and just be flexible so that you can enjoy every single moment. Um, Enjoy the pre-planning and the post-planning and all of that. I love that you guys reached out beforehand, your planners. Yeah, and I just think it's great too for all the listeners out there to just know that there's really no, um, you're never too early to start planning such an important day that is, you know, has a lot of financial um, situations around it too, a lot of guests, a lot of travel, 
But with that said, I would love to know if any of you have ever went to a wedding that helped you figure out what you really wanted for your own experience. And for the listeners who are listening, how that, you know, some tips and advice that you can give them for who is planning their wedding right now. I went to a wedding for one of my good friends in California and her wedding looked exactly like my Pinterest page. Everything down to the flowers, the cake, the bridesmaids dresses. It was just a copy and paste of everything that I had planned throughout the years. And so then when it was my turn, of course, I knew how feasible it would be to do it because I've seen it in real life, not just in pictures on Pinterest. And the venue that we had chosen, I had planned everything out, um, little sketches and things of where I wanted things to go to plug in nicely. And with the different vendors that we were using, everything was really starting to come all the way through. My vision was perfectly there. I was, you know, also too, what I was going to say is you mentioned something that is nice for the listeners is that you started a Pinterest board. And then when you have a Pinterest board, you have something in your mind and you were able to recognize it visually when you went to your friend's wedding. So maybe for people who are starting to plan, obviously start going on that Pinterest board, get some visuals going. Jenna, I think you have something to weigh in on this also. Yeah. So, um, from the perspective of an Indian wedding, I've been going to them since I was a kid. And it wasn't necessarily me planning, oh, planning, but it was more my grandmother um, commenting on what we will and won't do throughout our wedding. I mean, I remember her at one point saying she wanted me to have like an, a rotating altar and four outfit changes. I was like 10 <laughs> as a kid. Um, but even after that, um, not necessarily going to a wedding and taking out like, oh, I'll do that or oh, I won't do that. But I've been a bridesmaid, uh, I wrote out a list five times. Um, and I've been involved in planning a couple other weddings for friends because I have so much experience as a bridesmaid. Um, and those experiences gave me a lot of help with planning my wedding, knowing who to reach out to, when to reach out, what kind of budgets to expect, good vendors, bad vendors, um, you know, timing considerations. And even if it wasn't helping me like pick necessarily stuff for my wedding or style choices or anything like that, it's really valuable experience to have going into the process. So if you have friends that are getting married, always pick their brains or see what they're doing during their wedding process, because that's the way you can get your feet wet and start jumping into it for some, uh, for yourself. I love that. Exactly. That's great advice. All right. So I've got a, I've got a next question. I'm going to actually throw this one out to Britton Dom and put you on the spot. Um, what were some of your non-negotiables for your wedding day? I personally know you definitely wanted to do 2022. You did not want to wait. So your wedding's coming up this September. But tell us about some of the other things that are like important. I have to have this on my wedding day and I want to make sure this does not happen and this does happen. All right, I'll, I'll get my uh, little piece in here and then I'll hand off to Britt. But for me, it's really important. I think for us, it's really important for us to... Um, have some time together that day. From what we continue to hear, it's just a lot of moving pieces and everything goes by so, so quickly. Seems to be consistently the advice that we've heard from you, Suzanne, from our parents, from people like friends who've gotten married. Um, so we're trying to plan like little moments throughout the day where we can take some time together. Um, so that's kind of like a non-negotiable that we've been chatting about more recently in terms of timeline and figuring things out. Yeah, you, and like Suzanne said, 2022 was, I really wanted this year. So I, you know, I've got a Sunday date and I, it's, I mean, I wasn't getting married on a Thursday, but <laughs> Sunday was good. Um, 
we the whole weekend we're planning like a whole weekend we want to go sailing with all of our friends and family we want to spend some time in Newport and Bristol because we live in Newport we want everyone to see you know where we live and where we're from so we don't have too many non-negotiable things but a couple things we want to make sure happens I love that. I love taking time in special moments. Sarah and Dan, I know you two have captured lots of these, be it like a private little moment at the beginning, and we'll get more into this later on, like first look and all of those fun things. Um, So that's great. Anybody else have some things that are like, this is my burning non-negotiable? Like, I mean, Ashley, you did 2019. Do you think that there was something back when you were doing your planning that you said this has to happen no matter what? I definitely, aside from having Sarah as my photographer, because I'd been stalking her forever. That's a really good non-negotiable. I had to have her as my photographer. That was my... You um, blush. I think back then, obviously, it was um, easier to plan. Um, But for us, we definitely wanted 2019 because we had plans to start a family right away. And um, we had been together for um, some time. And you know, we wanted to get that kind of out of the way. So for us, 2019 was kind of like, we didn't really want to extend it any farther out because we had talked about if we wanted to go into the spring, just weather wise. Um, But the thing that we said was we just didn't want to wait that long because we had gotten engaged the year prior. So we had said that was it. That was the latest we wanted to go. And I think, Ashley, you know, that goes to say with the other, you know, with with Britt and Dominic, you guys want to get married this year. And this is where we were at in 2019, Ashley, when you got married is a lot different than where we're at right now. I mean, obviously, as you guys know, Britt and Dominic, the dates are crazy. People are getting married on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays. That has a lot to do with COVID, which I'm sure Emily and Corey, you understand how that was because you non-negotiable, you were going to get married COVID or not. So it's just really interesting that, um, you know, sometimes I, I, I just think it is important for people who are planning their wedding right now. It's, it's, oh, it's okay to keep on trugging and moving forward because you know what, what comes after a wedding is the start of your family or, or just the start of your life together. Even if you don't want children, just the start of your life, it's a big deal. So if a date's important, I mean, we in the industry get, there's, there's dates on the calendar that we see that I'm like, oh, that's going to be a big date. I mean, do you remember 11, 11, 11? Do you remember 10, 10, 20? (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. But I like, um, I do like Emily and Corey's date because it has that like familial, like that makes sense. Like the, so there are sometimes when people call in and it's a specific date. I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm, I've heard that date before. Is it special to you? No, you just like the way it sounds. But I think when there's like, special dates like that I think you should keep that date and then pick a venue around that so I got a question for all you guys how did you divide your tasks for planning or doing it are you doing it all together great Jessica tell us a little bit about how you're tackling the task how you tackled the task for planning um so I am a little bit of a type a control freak. So I did give my husband some tasks to do, um, which he then says I took over, but he, he did do the bulk of the work. Um, so obviously um, he was not interested in like the flowers and that type of, you know, girly stuff. Uh, he did come with me to some florist appointments, but he was really in charge of the transportation. Having a band was really important to him. So I let him take the lead on um finding a band and 
so a funny story, I guess, about the band is we actually heard them uh, when we were touring Regatta Place. Susan, we were with you. They were um, warming up for a wedding that day, and it was, it was cover story entertainment. We ended up going with them, and I kind of pushed him in that direction because it was one band that we actually had heard live um, since we planned everything during COVID and there wasn't an opportunity to see bands live. Um, so he handled that. He handled the hotel block, the after party, and then I kind of handled, um, you know, the details of the day, uh, photographer, videographer, the timeline, you know, all the logistical stuff like that, that um, he was willing to just kind of take my lead on. So Jessica, did you find it that it was less stress or more stress to kind of delegate a little bit off your plate? Or did you find that, you know, it was... I'm just trying to think of like that some some people who are listening right now is it less stressful for you when you gave considering you said you were type a gave some off your plate or do you think in hindsight you probably would have just wanted to handle it all I think it was more stressful but that's like an that's like a me problem because what happened was we got engaged in um August of 2020 so we had gone ring shopping in February um, I had bought, you know, to the earlier question of people who wanted to plan their wedding or started planning their wedding before they got engaged. I had this grand plan of, I knew it was coming. We had talked about rings, like, you know, we had knew, I, I knew we were going to get married. He had asked my mom's permission all that. So I got some bridal magazines and I thought, oh, I'm going to start pre-planning. And then COVID hit. I obviously like I work in healthcare. So it was just I, that all went to the side. We got engaged in August. Um, and so we really weren't sure we were going to be able to move forward. We picked a date and a venue and kind of the big vendors in the fall of 2020. But we didn't know until our food tasting in April that, you know, we were going to be in the clear to go forward in October. So we, so I feel like the majority of all the planning happened in six months, which is the exact opposite of what I, I wanted, but I mean, it is what it is. Um, so I think it was a little more stressful because I felt like we were at a crunch time and there were so many vendors already booked that we, like, we really should have booked transportation earlier. Like we couldn't get a trolley, which we really wanted things like that. So I wanted things to hurry up and book. Whereas he was like, we have plenty of time, this and that. And so when I say said earlier, I kind of took a little control. He wasn't doing it some things fast enough, so I got involved. So maybe, Jessica, the takeaway for some people who are listening right now is that if you're going to delegate certain tasks away from yourself who's planning or do it together, look at the timeline and look at what the priority is and making sure that you book certain things within a certain timeline, like in the order of you know what's of importance and what's available. Yeah. I also know that um, Britt and Domic wanted to weigh in on this. So we're going through the planning process right now. I would say I'm doing most of it, trying to share everything, you know, like BJ versus band. And I definitely have more of an opinion when it comes to photographer or flowers. He doesn't really care either way. Um, I'm going kind of back and forth with my parents as well. I come from an event planning family. My parents are both event planners and I'm an event planner. So kind of just like doing it all with them. And I am probably taking on too much and I'm getting overwhelmed. <laughs> but um, he learned that recently. He had no idea how overwhelmed I actually was. 
Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's funny because Brittany is, like she said, an event planner by trade. So I just kind of give her the green light and, and whatever she wants, really. Um, and at the, it, I laugh now, but, you know, maybe about two weeks ago, if we would have had this call, it would have been a, a very different conversation. But like it, it took her coming into my office and, and in tears for me to realize, like, wow, there's there's a lot going on here that I'm not seeing. I'm not very so. good at delegating or sharing the tasks. Right, <laughs> right. So we're, we've learned that we, we need to kind of share some of these a bit more in this process for sure. Yeah. Yeah, but you know what, though? I think that what you're feeling right now is a lot that like a lot of people go through. I can tell you right now, I've been doing this for 19 years. A lot of my couples have been in tears. Um, so it's just a real feeling that you're feeling. And I think that I'm sure someone out there listening right now probably just got o- over their own episode. So they know that they're like not alone of their like, you know, I've just had enough, you know, of this whole wedding planning, but it's all going to be fun at the end. Okay, I would like to weigh in and come to the defense of all the doms out there that when someone says he doesn't care, here's the translation. Translation means, I really do care, but I trust you in this moment to make the right decision. Am I right? Yeah. So that I think is key. That I think, no, Tom, I think that's key because I hear that all the time. And then I also, as I'm listening, like, Jessica and, and Brittany, I would, um, and all the other brides that that have that type A, like me, I just love to be in control of everything. And I try so hard to not be in control of everything, but that's not who I am. So I would just recommend through this planning process, just let your wedding day be a reflection of how you want your marriage to be. You guys are testing the grounds right now with communication for everything down the road. So you know, when you've been married for a hundred years and you're still arguing about who left the wet sponge in the sink and you didn't wring it out, like that's something to laugh about. But here in your wedding planning, like you can test the grounds for your communication. It's a safe space. So you guys are doing a great job. All right. So, okay. Ready for your next question? All right. Did you feel pressure or stress from friends and family with your wedding planning. (laughs) So for instance, did they try to put their expectations on you either directly or passively with, you know, you should do this or you have to do this. And, and how did you handle that? So I have very opinionated family members. Um, My friends are, I think are a little bit more understanding, but I was just talking last night about having like a very eclectic, very different family. Half my family is um, American, Caucasian, and then half my family is Indian. So with regard to the Indian ceremony, reception, venue, Indian traditions, my grandparents are very, very opinionated. Um, And they have a lot of feelings about how certain things should go and what customs we need to follow um, and what I should be wearing and what uh, my fiance should be wearing. And some of them are wonderful and beautiful and we were going to do them anyway. Um, Like he's riding on a horse doing the Bharat um, and he's wearing traditional Indian garb, which was something that was really important to them so that, you know, I wasn't in like a langa and he's in a suit. But it also puts this uh, onus on us to follow some traditions that we don't understand, especially from his perspective, um, and to kind of uh, mold our wedding day into what they want. So we had pressure from them about who needed to be invited. Um, including people I haven't seen since I was a little kid. And I can say all these things because I know they're not going to listen to this podcast. Um, uh, Or um, things about like, 
the necklace that I'm supposed to wear and how extremely over the top expensive they are and us trying to be like you can't put this we're already spending so much money you can't put this onus on us to to do this but it's a non-negotiable or this person this family member needs to be involved in this ritual even if you don't have this you know super great relationship with them and it's non-negotiable um and that's been definitely difficult to navigate i've been leaning on my other family members a lot especially my sister who is equally as opinionated and very good at talking to them um, and putting her foot down, unlike me, because I'm more of a people pleaser. Um, I've been relying on her to kind of temper some of those uh, feelings, and she's very good at it. But it's definitely an awkward position to be put in, especially if they're contributing to some of the things that they, you know, want you to do. And then it's like, oh, well, if we're contributing, why don't you want to do it our way? Um, what I keep reminding myself though, is at the end of the day, this is my wedding. Um, it's my fiance's wedding. It's our wedding. It's nobody else's day. It's just a day for us. And while we certainly want to respect a lot of the cultures and traditions, and we try to find ways to do that as much as we can, we have to keep at the center of all of this, that this is about us, um, and what we want and what we want to see happen. And I think as we go along in this process, we are really finding ways to kind of balance out. Uh, what other people expect of us and then the one other thing is the guest list I mean I think everyone's mad at me all the time about it um, because everybody wants their you know brother child um, you know person that they met two weeks ago to to come to the wedding and you're like I have a certain number of people that get to go and I have so I have a list of like 280 people that I want to invite and it's a 200 person wedding um, we have lived in several different states. We've gone to several different schools. We've had several different jobs. Like we have big families. It's a lot. And so when somebody's upset with me because they didn't get a plus one, I'm like, well, you, you, I don't know them. I don't know your plus one. And I'd rather that go to somebody that I know or somebody else's partner that I've actually met before, not this random person that I've never met and don't know. And that you'll probably be broken up with in like two months. Um, so that's been really hard, but that's another area where I'm like, Jenna, it's your wedding. Like it's about who you want there, not who somebody else wants to bring to your wedding. And if they don't want to come because of that, that's their decision. And as long as it's not somebody super important to you, that shouldn't affect your day. And I've had to have that conversation like five or six times. Um, and it's been very stressful, but so far everybody's been really understanding about it. So um, that's at least, well, somewhat understanding, understanding enough about it. That's that's where the pressure is. It's so funny because as Jenna was talking, I was thinking about the other podcast mm -hmm, that Suzanne too. and I taped. We did a whole podcast, Jenna, on your pain point, girl, about guest lists because you're not alone on having that feeling. And I'm sure some of the couples that are on here now and some uh, that that been through it, they went through the same thing. It is it is a pain point for a lot of people. Yeah, go back and listen to that one. It's a good one. <laughs> people are like, I don't know how to cut the list. Like, listen to this. Yeah, listen so for the episode. for the listeners are out there, definitely go check out. I'll put on the show notes the other uh, podcast episode that we did about having the five to... W's. That was so good. Yep. All right, so let's go on to Brit and Dom. Sure, I'll, I'll start since it's mostly um, on my side that we're getting some some pushback. Um, also, I, I like the episode with Suzanne on Cut the List. I think we should get Suzanne a cameo to, to give out to parents on how, okay, this is why the list needs to get cut. But anyways, um, my, my dad comes from a, a larger family. He has seven siblings at this point, and it's very important to him that all of the siblings come. 
Now, most of these people we're, we're not very close with. They live in, in different segments of the country, but um, that was kind of like a, a non-negotiable within the family. And it was, it was kind of a trickier one, right? Kind of getting into what Jenna had said about, you know, who's at the wedding is going to be important to you and, and kind of trying to stand up for some of those things. And that list just kind of seems to continually grow, right? Like, oh, cousin so-and-so. And I've or... never met any of them. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, like, also, Brittany, having not met them, I, I totally understand that perspective. And then something also that's kind of tricky, and we haven't really touched on this yet, is that, you know, Brittany's family is covering most of that expense, right? In fact, the vast majority of it. So now kind of adding these people that, that starts to get kind of big, it becomes a situation of, like, okay, like it, it's starting to grow that list to a, to a point that is kind of not feasible, right? Um, so I, I do think that's important. The only other thing that we got kind of pushed back on my side for was um, my parents were big on sending us to Catholic schools our whole lives. We grew up Catholic. Brittany is Catholic I as well. Catholic, yeah. yeah. Um, but it wasn't something that we felt we needed in our, our day to have a church wedding. I, I respect them and understand them in, in every capacity. I think they're, they're um, great in their own right. Um, but it was just something my, my mom definitely kind of pushed upon us a bit. So those were the kind of the only two yeah. big ones for us. His mom definitely brought that up and was very surprised that that wasn't our choice and kind of threw back at him that he went to Catholic school and all of that. And I mean, and in the end, it's our day and it's what we want. Um, I think my parents aren't as really pushing. My mom is very surprised by certain things that have evolved over the years. I would say just like I was talking about maybe not having a head table and she's like oh, oh well, what would that look like so where do they sit it sounds very unorganized <laughs> I'm like oh okay so there's like just certain things that it's like there's like oh maybe we won't have a cake oh well you need a cake okay like it's just like little things like that like here and there that it's more traditional or even the photography book I was looking at you know, now you kind of just get everything digital and my mom didn't under she's like well what about a book well, we could just make a book She's like, well, well, you know, back in the day, like they would go through and they picked all their photos and they went in a book. So it's just like little stuff that like she expected from her own wedding that now it's kind of evolved over the years and just kind of just like finding a happy medium for everything. It sounds like Brit, you really learn personalities now, don't you? Right. <laughs> so just to echo everyone else, we obviously had some guest list opinions, which I think every couple goes through. But one thing that we dealt with um, with it's just like with the current times is I know this is controversial, but we required a COVID vaccination to come. And that, um, I mean, I, like I said before, I work in healthcare. It was really important to me. My husband was completely on board from the beginning. It was on the save the dates. It was no surprise. I mean, we, we had people mail us or like send pictures or whatever their vaccine cards. Like I was checking to make sure everyone was like truthfully vaccinated um and it got met with some resistance from family members i mean i had a cousin who i'm very close with choose not to attend the wedding and i think the majority of people supported our decision i had some friends reach out saying that they felt more comfortable coming because of the requirement so you know that made me feel good but unfortunately we did meet some resistance for unvaccinated friends and family who um just pushed back against the decision but we had a hundred for 50 person wedding in october and no covid outbreak so i don't know we got lucky so i was glad that we did it 
And I think, Jessica, it kind of goes, I mean, even though it's a different scenario, you're talking about a vaccination and Jenna, you were talking about a necklace, but it goes hand in hand. It's still the same, um, you know, I guess, pressure, for lack of terms, that you're getting from outside influence. Same thing, too, with what you were saying, Britt, with the cake. You know, oh, you're not going to have a cake or you are going to have a cake. It, we're, I guess, you know, when you're planning, everybody kind of goes through those external pressures. You're going to please some people. You're not going to please ever. But you have to ultimately realize that it's your day. All right. So if you guys can give the listeners one piece of advice that you received from friends and family that you – either took or you ignored it, but it was something that stuck in your head. I would probably say the biggest advice was, um, and I think someone else brought this point up that it was that at the end of the day, it's our wedding. Um, we were paying for it. Um, we did have some help, a little help from family, but at the end of the day, most of the expenses were on us. So at, um, we weren't going to make everyone happy. Um, back to the guest list. Some people added, um, to the response card, they added extra family to it. Um, so I would say like, you know, if we invited the, um, the couple, they put like their four kids on the response list with it. So, and we had to kindly tell them no. <laughs> um, and then we had, um, some people reach out to us after the wedding and we're like, well, we weren't invited. And, you know, you were, you're not going to make everyone happy at the end of the day. And I think that's the biggest thing to take away from it is that, you know, this is your day you're the one with the memories, you know, people are gonna remember your day. But, um, you know, I think it's mostly just making sure that it's everything you want and not try to take everything personally. So Ashley, you mentioned that you did your RSVPs and people wrote back with adding plus ones plus two, sometimes a whole family. How did you and Brad handle that? Also, Ashley, sorry to interrupt. Oh, my God. You, okay, so you get you get this you get this RSVP back in the mail, and you're like, okay, two people, and now it's six people. What was what was your reaction? And then how did you fix that? I would die. Well, I was the one that handled most of the guest list. Like I got the responses and kept track of everything. Um, so once I saw that, I had mentioned it to my husband, and um, he was basically like, oh my god, we can't accommodate four more people. And I was like. I know. So we just sent them a, um, you know, a message back. And I said, you know, I texted them or whatever. And I said, um, we're so excited that you're coming. Um, but I noticed that there are a couple extra people or names that were on the response card. Um, so we just regret to inform you that we just have a really strict number of people venue wise. Um, I kind of blamed it on the venue a little bit. I That's said that so the, smart. I recommend that all the time. So I highly recommend, and I actually, my husband's in a wedding coming up. He's the best man. And he, um, we got their invitation and actually the bride wrote on the, on the response card. She put, um, that there we have reserved two seats for you. So I recommend that as like, a, I said, Oh, I should have done that. So I recommend that's like a really smart thing to do. It's like on the response card. If you're inviting one person, two people like to write, uh, we have reserved two spots for you. And then you write your name underneath and like maybe your meal choice or something. That's a really great piece of advice to give to people who are in that situation or if they come across that situation. You know, I have a, I feel that sometimes maybe 
because we're wedding professionals, we're in the industry, or for you all who are planning a wedding or already got married, you're in the process. But there are some people who honestly just don't know. And I have a little quick story to share with you. My brother's one of them. Like my younger brother legitly RSVP'd to an invitation doing plus one. And I was just like, you, Jerry, you can't do that. Like, and he just, he just looked at me like at a Blake stare, like didn't, know. I mean, now that was like four or five years ago. Now his friends are getting married. He understands like, but he just looked at me in a Blake stare. Like you can't, I'm like, no, you cannot invite like your girlfriend that you just met last week. I'm sorry. <laughs> but the point is I had to like educate him a little bit, but that's just not what you do. I just think that some people just don't know. So I think that's a great piece of advice, Ashley. Just kind of blame it on the venue or maybe even even I love set that. Yeah. We have reserved one seat for you. Yeah, even before without like like even we without have reserved two seats for you. That's so smart. And even without like saying it's a venue, like just like you said, like set them up for success. Like like just put in we've reserved two seats or three seats or whatever it is that you are going to do for your invite. And some of you already know my favorite fib. We fell in love with the venue. It has a max capacity. I love you very much. I know you'll understand. There you go. <laughs> So with that said, did any of you guys work with a wedding planner? And if not, do you feel like you could have benefited from them, their help at, at some point? Okay, so this is probably my biggest wedding planning regret, um, not hiring a wedding planner. And I, you know, I think considering COVID and like the times, and like I said earlier, the tight timeline we had to really know we were moving forward with our original date. Um, I think, you know, I did, you know, do a great job. My mom was extremely helpful. Luckily, she had retired the year earlier. So she was like, you know, my unofficial unpaid wedding planner. But and I had said, you know, maybe in January, February, I was starting to feel stressed out with everything. And I had said I wanted to hire one because that's the advice I'd gotten from my boss at work and some other people. And she said, well, all the big vendors are booked. Like, what else do we have to do? And there's so much as the wedding gets closer, that's not the big vendors that you have to do that I really feel like I could have um, used, you know, a paid professional just to help me navigate some of that stuff. Um, I think the day of the wedding, you know, even if I had hired like a month of coordinator, um, our vendors were incredible, but, you know, 2021, Sarah, like, obviously as a photographer, you know this, like, it was still very busy with people had pushed from 2020. And I think a lot of them were maybe overwhelmed and things they would have reached out to us maybe a couple weeks earlier, they were just trying to like survive all these weddings. Um, so I think having someone, even if you're not going to do a full wedding planner, I really wish I had a day of coordinator the church that we got married at had a wedding coordinator the venue tony at the aldrich mansion is like i love him he's the best like they have a coordinator but i needed someone that day from the start of when i woke up to make sure we stayed on time and like i didn't have that person and i think i really relied a little bit too much on my maid of honor and bridesmaids to kind of know all the details of what was supposed to happen that didn't and that's not their fault you know it's it was my wedding I planned it but that day I felt like I was the one that was in charge of everything and I really wish I could have had like someone I paid who had been with me through the whole planning that could have just taken all that stress um and I could have just relaxed a little more so I would say to anyone I tell all my friends who are engaged now 
just hire someone, pay the money. It, I would have paid however much it costs to have like alleviated some of that stress. So, And you know what's funny, Jessica, is you mentioned how at your particular venue, it wasn't like it was a home. Or it wasn't like, you know, there was a there was a, like a venue or where you were getting married that actually did not have on-site help. You actually had it. And you got married at a wonderful venue that has a great point person. But even then, you felt like there was just – uh, you know, you just needed a little bit more extra push. And like you said, you relied on your maid of honor. So it's nice to hear that that's coming from, a, you know, a bride that already got married, that even with the support on hand, and there was a ton of support, you still wanted that extra support. Yeah. And I think that like, not, you know, as much as your wedding party and your family, like they're obviously supportive of that day. I think nobody really knows or cares about all the details of your wedding as much as you. I mean, it, that's obvious. I mean, we've all been in our friends' weddings and stuff, and you obviously don't know the ins and outs the way you know your own. And we just had a lot of logistical, you know, we got ready at the hotel. We took getting ready pictures at the, the bridal suite at the mansion. We went to the church. We then had the reception, photos in between. Like, it was a lot of moving parts. And, you know, to me, it wasn't complicated because I planned it. So I knew... I had buffers in the timeline in case we ran late, in case we hit traffic, all of this. But that morning, even sending the timeline to the bridal party, you know, a few days earlier, there's no, no way they were going to know the steps of what was going to happen the way I did. And looking back, you know, I think I, my mom planned everything with me. So I think I thought she was my backup. But, you know, it's her daughter's wedding day. So she's overwhelmed and stressed in her own way, the way the bride is, the maid of honor is my sister, you know. So I just wish I had had like a paid person to be like, this is what's going on. I'll check out all the boxes. You relax. Yeah. No, Jessica, I felt the same way. That would have been mine also. So here's a question for you guys. How did you find your photographer or your entertainment company um, or floral designer? Did you rely on your venue's list or friends or just a random online search or Instagram? Um, like I said before, I had been stalking Sarah for quite a long time on social media, like all her pictures. Um, and um, one thing that I um, said in my planning was that photography and video was my number one um, on my list of things to do aside from the venue. So um, I kind of already had those just based on other people's weddings and following people on like social media. So I guess that's where I got most of my planning from was social media um, and looking at other um, like um, people's weddings, friends, stuff like that. So that's awesome. And Jenna. So I was kind of a mixed bag and I have some weird vendors that I needed to, or I guess not weird, but uncommon vendors because of the Indian ceremony. So photography, I had been in a wedding that Sarah photographed before and I was obsessed with her pictures. Um, and she has the exact style that I like, like that, like very light, natural um, lighting style that like focuses on use of sunlight, which came across so well in our engagement pictures. It was there. They came out absolutely beautiful. So I reached out to her so quickly but it was the other vendors um i'm not using really anybody else that my friends use despite having all of that experience um i ended up doing a lot of like independent research um my hairdresser recommended makeup to me so i used her to recommend somebody to me um for makeup but then i have a huge bridal party so i had to have a couple of makeup artists so 
Um, I needed to like, I used word of mouth from my first makeup artist to get the second, third makeup artist. It was more the um, Indian stuff that was difficult. So I had to have a DJ that can play Indian and American music. Um, and it was hard because there are definitely like people that fit that niche because Indian weddings are very common here. Um, but they usually have to travel and the travel makes them really expensive. So for that, I actually went to the venue because I had experience with Indian weddings. But then I needed a dole player, which is like a drum player, um, to do parts of the wedding. That was really weird to find. And I used Google and just reached out to literally every single one I could find on Google. And I couldn't find one locally. So I had to transport my person up from New Jersey to go up and do it. Um, and I think that the vendor search, it was the first thing after I booked the venue, it was the first thing I did. I, um, I think two months after I booked the venue, I had almost all of my vendors booked. Um, I had to do a henna designer and that I found on Instagram and it actually is somebody that I haven't seen in years, but I used to go to Hindi school with her and I didn't even realize it when I, um, asked her to do it. So it was just like this mess of trying to use all of my resources um, but I think it was easiest when I was talking to the people, talking to people that I knew, um, and using their connections, because when I had to kind of go off, it's like, well, if you're on Google, how do you know this person is good? How do you, how do they have that credibility? Um, so yeah, vendors was a lot, um, but everybody's booked. So, so now I'm happy. So it's interesting. So you did kind of like a mixture. So you went off of, you know, people you spoke to and then the people that, that may One have not. One vendor referred another vendor. Right. And then, the, and, then the, and then the situations where you had some unique stuff that maybe no one's ever used before, you had to go in and do your own research, which you found was a little difficult for you or just like a, kind of like a pain point a little bit. I liked what um, Jessica said. She said, found the band while touring another venue. And that was actually a perfect fit. And then Emily and Corey, what did you want to chime in with? I did a lot of research for vendors pre-even engagement. Um, and I used the not to do a lot of just like the heavy lifting. And then from there, went to their social media accounts and just looked at pictures and read comments. Our photographer, I found he had done like a lifestyle photo shoot for friends of mine um, with their two kids and I thought the pictures were really beautiful so um Corey and I had a couple of photographers in mind and so then we just met with them similarly to the DJ I had a few we made appointments because you know we liked their work and what we were seeing but then you wanted to know make sure that you jived with who you were going to be spending your entire day with and just making sure that they understand what you're wanting and you're comfortable and confident with what they're going to give you. Um, and that's kind of what I did. But the knot was my biggest thing. I just searched everything. I went, I made my top five. I brought it to Corey. We combed through those. We went to their social media sites. And then we had maybe two or three of each that we met with in person to see if it was going to be a good fit. Yeah, and I found that Instagram was just probably the best place to get a great visual of what you're going to get. Um, it shows a great catalog of the work of these creators. So I felt Instagram for me, because she likes to do a lot more of the heavy research, was a great outlet for me to quickly see the work that people can do. Uh, so it's definitely a good tool. So Corey, you wanted the cliff notes. 
So yeah. Emily, you mentioned though that you set up some either be phone or in person, but was there a number, mm -hmm. like, like, I mean interviews, was there a number that you can give our listeners that you felt was a good number per category? Like was it two or was it three? Was it five? Like was there a certain number that you try to stick with to when you did the, the I know you went and you did all your research on the knot and then Corey, it looks like you went on Instagram and kind of gave their stamp of approval, but was there a certain number per category that you're trying to stick with to interview? Not a certain number. I think it just depended on, like I said, I did three to five through the knot. And I think that was just me. Like I felt okay with three, but if there was a few more that I thought, Ooh, these are really nice too. I upped it to five, brought them to Corey. We went through those. Um, but I think with DJs, we met with three. I kind of knew in my mind who I wanted to come out first, um, but I wanted to give Corey the opportunity to meet with all of them too, even though I, I had my mind made up before I met them. It turned out that it was correct, but had I gone and met with them and it wasn't, that could have changed. Um, but photography, that was, I think we had three in the top running and then um, phone calls and one of them we met in person and it just happened to be the one that we met in person we just thought we clicked and we both felt really comfortable his work was great and his personality really I, I felt like he was in all the stress that a bride and groom feel on that day I did I felt like spending the day with him I wasn't going to feel that and it was true our day was um a lot shorter because our wedding day was cut a little bit just due to being married in the middle of COVID. Our time was shorter, but I was no less stressed. And I just think his personality and his, um, his guidance, but also he would like interject little funny things. And I think you need somebody on your team that's going to do that because I was worried about who was late coming to take pictures? Where were his parents? Why weren't they there yet? Where's my mom? Why is she, you know, talking to this person? She should be here with me. Um, Jessica, you mentioned that your mom was like, you thought she was going to be your person. And I did too, right up until that day. And I thought, this isn't really going to work. And so in those moments where I'm super stressed, he was just like, whatever. Well, then, you know, we'll wait. And so their personalities have to click too. I love that. So obviously you all have a photographer on your list and that's important, but may I ask um, who decided to hire video and how did you decide to do that and why was that important to you? Um, so we had a videographer and a photographer to different companies um, and I just really wanted a video because as much as like I love our wedding photos, I feel like I wanted to be able to go back and watch the day. And for people who are already married, um, you know, you've heard it a thousand times and you're not going to believe it until it happens, but it goes by so fast. And I felt like the whole day, it was like this weird outer body experience where I was like watching the wedding happen to me, but also living it at the same time. Like it sounds so crazy, but I'm glad that we have the video that we can like look back like watch the entire ceremony again we can hear the speeches again um i just think like i just wanted to be able to like relive those moments show our kids someday like after our parents have passed you know we have this video of them and it's just something like a keepsake that 
you know, everyone I know who, who got video says they barely watch it, but I'm glad to have it um, in case we ever want to watch it, you know, in the future, 10, 20 years from now, whatever. Um, so I was glad we got it. That's awesome. And Ashley? Um, yeah, we did a video too. That was one of the top things that I wanted as well. Um, probably just some of the same reasons that she just said was um, remembering um, family members, obviously, that um, won't always be with us. Um, it's actually one of the, fav- the favorite things that my daughter likes to watch. I put it on for her and she actually stops laughing when she sees it. So like, you know, as she gets older, it's something for her to see. But one of the biggest things, too, was um, I didn't get to see a lot of things happening, like the bridesmaids coming in, the parents walking in, um, a lot of things. Because the way we came in, I was way down the hallway. So I didn't get to see, like, my flower girl, I guess, was, like, dancing down the aisle and stuff. So, like, Aww, I didn't get That's so cute. Um, I could hear everyone laughing, but I couldn't. You know, and then once I got the video, our videographer actually gave us, um, aside from the stuff he put together, he actually gave us the full, um, the raw footage from the whole day. So you can kind of see it like as a home movie a little bit um, and hear the actual, like aside from the music or whatever they edited, you can hear like what was actually being said or like people talking and stuff. So that was one of the biggest things that I was glad that I did one for sure. I love that and all the raw footage and Emily and Corey? I think Corey and our situation is pretty unique just because we did get married right in the middle of COVID. Um, And our video is just raw footage of our ceremony. And I actually almost didn't do it right up until I think a week before our date. And then the photographer was scrambling to find somebody to be a videographer our original package we had two of each two photographers two videographers and then um for our wedding I said no we'll just take the pictures because I was really 100% certain that we were going to end up going through with our second date um and right up until a week my mom was like Emily but this is your wedding and you're going to want these moments and these memories and I'm so glad that we have it because um as much as I would have loved the tra- like the the beautiful trailer with the music overlay, um, you can hear the conversation in the background. You can hear the videographer and the photographer's commentary in the background of what's happening and what they're noticing and um, their thoughts on it. And one thing that is particularly special is um, because of the situation of the world. Uh, I have family that lives in Arizona, and my grandmother lives here, but she was in Arizona, so she wasn't able to travel home. And that was really crushing to me to think that she wasn't going to able wasn't going to be able to be there for my wedding, a day that I've talked about my entire life. But um, my uncle's pretty tech savvy, and he was able to figure something out, configure everything. So he and his family and my grandmother were all together, zoomed in. We have that whole video footage, but um, also in the video of our wedding, you can see um, me looking to the camera, my Corey looking to the camera, my parents, somebody looking to where the camera was set up and you know what was happening. So I, I'm feeling emotional talking about it even now, um, but it, it brings you back to that time and just um, a reminder of where the importance is and how special um, the people are and the ceremony and the things 
that you're doing that day in those moments so you have it forever. Um, as much as we all want to forget the times of the worlds that were just a couple years ago, um, it was the reality of our day. And I think being able to look back and seeing that and still very real for me, being able to feel those emotions all over again, um, it's really important and something that I didn't expect to have happened. So I'm even more grateful that I have even just the raw footage and um, the beautiful trailer with the music overlay is just an imagination still. You know, Emily, I'm so happy you brought that up because obviously one of the things that I do for a living, obviously, is create imagery. I mean, right now we're talking about videography, but I create imagery and I know that this imagery is going to be with families and generations to come. And obviously you you don't want to talk about, um, you know, some some of some of how important this is going to be and why it's going to be important when someone's planning their wedding because it's such a happy moment. But in reality is, and I, and I hate to bring it up, but it's, it is the truth. You know, I do see my images being used a lot at, um, I'm going to say it, funerals. And, you know, I mean, on your wedding day, you look great and people look great and people are together and families are together that haven't been together in a while. And I see my imagery being used um, for memorials often. I also see, you know, wedding imagery being used for happy announcements. I see them in the house, like, you know, on display. I mean, there's so many different reasons why imagery that you're creating the day of your wedding, it is a union between two people, but it also is getting your family and friends together. So you bring up the component about videography and filmmaking which is something that as a photographer I can't create that for people so I always get people asking me like do I recommend that they do video and that's really a personal opinion but for the listeners if you have even like I I personally feel that there is something to do about the video that you cannot bring in through the still imagery so if you feel like you're going to be someone that's going to watch it and you have even like a moment where you think you might want it, that's, that's when you should at least, you know, investigate it because, you know, you talk about, you know, certain people that are there, you can watch them. You can actually see their movements. You can hear their voice. But there is something about the power of the still image and, and you know, that you can put your own memories to it. But I just kind of wanted to slide that in there. And I know you were about to say something, Susan. <laughs> I was only going to say that, you know, it. I will, true confessions, you guys, I actually did not hire a videographer. <laughs> I didn't. You know the story. I didn't. And um, I got to the end of the budget. I just did not have the, I didn't have an extra $2. I did not have it. And we showed up at the venue and there was our friend, Mike Henricks with artistic mm-hmm. wedding films. I'm like, what are you doing here? And he said, Luke said you didn't have a videographer and I had an hour break. I thought I'd come over and give you some film. So what I have regretted it, I don't know if I would have known what I was missing out on. Seeing the images that he produced gave me a different memory of the day. Every single thing that all of you just said, echo that. And um, my only advice is try to try to find room to have as much as you can and ask your photographer, who do you recommend for videography service? And this is my budget. How can we make this work? You also brought up a good point where it gave you a perspective that you didn't have. So it's funny. I have a confession to make. I did hire a videographer and I haven't watched my video yet. Sarah. I haven't watched it. I've watched the like the 15 minute trailer. 
and I and I and I love it and I watch it, but I haven't watched what Emily and Corey were talking about, which is the raw footage. And I'll tell you why. I don't want those memories yet because my my wedding day's in my head. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's someone else's perspective, but it's documented, so it's there. One day I'll watch it. The time will be right, but it will be one day. It's not now. <laughs> because, like you said, it's interesting. You you see someone else's documentation of your day and your and your memories are in your head. But the trailer I watch, I mean, I, I, that's like a 15-minute trailer. But I'm not ready to watch the raw footage. I'm just not. Maybe I'll just get too emotional. Who knows? But with that said, guys, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to break it down for the listeners a little bit about budget, if you stuck with it, if you didn't. We're going to talk a little bit about what – you know, what you would have done differently, what some of your regrets, but what some of your must-haves that you're so excited about or that you did. And then we're going to kind of go over a little bit of like traditions and what was important to you and what you kept. And then we're going to go from there. So we'll be right back. I appreciate you being here. And hey, if you like what you're hearing, I encourage you to check out our website at sarazarella.com. And don't forget, you can actually subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening so you never miss an episode. And I would so appreciate if you left a fabulous review on Apple Podcast. Even better, share it with a friend. It's a great way to show your support. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Wedding Secrets Unveiled Podcast, friends. So we are here speaking with past and present couples to help you plan the best day that you can. I would love to know who helped you with your timeline for your day, and did you feel like it was enough time or was it rushed? Um, so we had a bunch of people kind of weigh in, I guess, on our timeline. So the venue coordinator, once the uh, reception started, they have a pretty, um, you know, set timeline for, you know, introductions now, cake cutting now, first dance now, that type of thing. And then for earlier in the day, our photographer um, helped us come up with a timeline. Um, like I had said before, we got ready um, hair and makeup at a hotel because we just couldn't go to the venue that early. And, you know, the Aldrich Mansion is an old place and you just can't do hair and makeup there. But so as far as uh, starting the, you know, the robe photos, getting dressed, all of that, you know, our, our photographer had come up with that. And then for hair and makeup, um, our my makeup artist came up with that. Um, I would say one advice I have to future brides is to not send your bridesmaids a hair and makeup schedule. I would tell them, you know, I wish I had just said everyone in my hotel room at this time because people thought that their hair and makeup was later. And for anyone who's gotten married, you know, you do have a schedule, but whoever's ready to go next just goes and like you just kind of like get it all done. And my makeup artist actually did say they usually give an hour buffer, but because we were already starting at 7.30 in the morning, uh, she thought that she had enough people, and she did. We we were done on time. But um, I did feel rushed because when hair and makeup was over, nobody was ready to leave the hotel. We were backed up, you know, a half hour. And then just from there, it was stressful because we were behind on our timeline. So um, I would say... I thought I factored in enough extra buffers here and there, but I didn't. So just assume you're going to need more time than you need, um, even if someone is helping you make a timeline. And Jessica, I'm so happy you brought that up because being a photographer that's with 
uh, our couples throughout the entire day, I actually end up doing a lot of the timelining. And one of the things I say is hair and makeup give extra buffer. And definitely, like you said, I actually say the same advice. It's so funny you say that because um, I tell my couples, just tell everybody the start time. Do not tell them when they're supposed, like just don't be so detailed to everybody because the hair and makeup person knows when they need to end. And, and everything is a domino effect from that moment. I mean, that's it. That's, I mean, and you have to be at the ceremony at a certain time. You can't, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. So, so I, um, we were supposed to start the getting ready photos at, you know, 1130 and we thought an hour would be enough time. I didn't want to be rushed. So I actually asked my photographer to come early um was willing to pay for extra time like all I wanted was to not be rushed and not be wait on my wedding wedding day and then it didn't happen um but like every like you said Sarah like everything was a domino effect afterwards um you know we ended up leaving late because people weren't ready on time and then it just caused a lot of stress pre-ceremony once the ceremony started um you know we kind of got back on track but it just caused unnecessary rushing around that like you know impacted the day a little bit jessica can definitely second that definitely give more time on getting ready than it's is on the timeline because of not for you and not for your hair and makeup it's the other personalities involved so i um purposely wanted to do everything um in the same venue so i did um all my hair and makeup in the room together and I actually told all my bridesmaids to be there like an hour and a half before I knew we were starting because some of them are classically late so (laughs) I told them to come a little earlier Um, but I agree on that definitely um, don't give a timeline because it can screw the whole day up you just want everyone there all at once so if something does change or something does go wrong it's at least you have everyone there and you can kind of go forward as you need to we had our hair and makeup um, starting at 7 a.m. And because our my bridal party was significantly less due to just the chaos that was happening with COVID, um, but we did still have six of us and everybody was there at seven, but it was great that everybody was there because um, some took longer, some took less. So you were able to just like slip the next person in as hair was finishing, makeup the next person started. And that had I given them their specific start time, there would have been a, a, like a lag in between we were waiting for that next person to show. So they were just kind of able to just weave in and out, which was great. Um, I still wound up being late to the church, but that was me um, because of things got a little bit mixed up from the original plan. After our hair and makeup, we came back to my parents' house um, and I really took my time getting myself into my dress and I helped get my niece and nephew into theirs. They were a ring bearer and flower girl. And I just, I didn't want to feel rushed. I wanted to go into it calm. I didn't want to race to get to the church and be anxious. I just wanted those moments to relax. And I figured it can't start without me. So I wasn't super late, but I did kind of, once I got here, I really, I made sure that I gave my mom her gift and his mom his gift and that we really enjoyed it. And it wasn't just a, a one-off kind of rush through thing, um, which he was okay with. Couldn't do it without me though, right? No. Corey, that. were you okay waiting for her at the altar? It made things more stressful. <laughs> she was relaxed and it made things a lot worse for me. Uh, that she... extra half an hour felt like about two. 
So that's that's how that went. But you know what, Emily? You kept him on his toes. I love that. Okay, next question. So I just have to ask, honesty. Were you able to stay on budget? And what tools did you use to track your budget? Um, so we were able to stay on budget, I think, partly because people that were planning to attend ended up RSVPing no just with the COVID situation. I mean, we got married in October. It was during the Delta surge, so we had a lot of people back out last minute. So that helped in a sad way, I guess. Um, but we, I had a like just an Excel spreadsheet, and we had, or, or I had kind of estimated, and I was conservative with overestimating what things were going to cost when we had, um, you know, an overall budget. And then as we were getting quotes from vendors, we were, um, you know, putting putting those numbers in. Some things cost less than. We thought some things cost more. Um, at the end, there's a lot of stuff that I probably didn't account for that, you know, we got a neon sign and we had a flower wall and like all those things, like the details as you get more into the nitty gritty of like the day that we didn't account for. But um, for the most part, I don't know, we were able to, to stay on budget, but if all of our guest list 100% came, we definitely <laughs> would have been over budget so jenna so no um we definitely haven't been able to stay in budget though i think p.s jenna interrupting i could have guessed that <laughs> I think with the, um... earlier the way you answered that question about everybody getting involved in the things you should and have to and this and that you know it's gonna you can't you keep saying yes and the budget's gonna blow yeah and i i think when we started the process we had ideas from friends of like what what things might cost right so we had we had a good basis but it's so much more difficult because our wedding is unlike everybody else's right like and i know i keep talking about like the indian catholic thing but it really really does create a whole new ball game right like sarah is photographing for me for three days instead of just one right because i have a sangeet in the catholic ceremony and the indian ceremony so like even like a photography budget is different and every time I talk to somebody it's like oh like I paid this much so I'm guessing that you're going to pay double that right because you have all of these events like I have um four separate days of events right so we're talking like getting my henna done which is an event doing the haldi which is an event doing my sangeet which is an event um then the catholic ceremony which comes with the church fee and um, music, which I'm actually having my old violin teacher um, and her son do my music. So that's actually not even a huge part of the budget, which is wonderful. Um, we started out not realizing, I think, actually how much we had to pay for. Um, and not because we were like, I think it, there's just been so many more little things that have come up throughout the process. Um, and every time I tell my fiance a budget item or like what something's going to cost, he looks like he wants to preemptively divorce me um, because he gets so mad. But I also know that there are a lot of things about the wedding that I want, a lot of things that we have to have um, that are atypical. Um, so my tactic for it is I have several friends who have had weddings. One of them was a destination wedding in Puerto Rico. And one of them was a big fancy South Italian wedding, um, South Philly Italian, excuse me, uh, wedding in Philadelphia, um, at this beautiful venue. 
and I use them as like my benchmarks um, <laughs> for like what should be reasonable. Um, and then I always remind him like, okay, this is what, you know, um, like we have to account for the fact that this is over several days and not just one day. Um, so I use, and she'll laugh when she hears this, but I use my, my South Philly Italian friend's wedding as like my high benchmark because she had a very fancy, extravagant, beautiful wedding where no cost was, you know, spared. Like she really put it on. She knew what she wanted and she did it. And I use her as my like, okay, but we came in under her. Um, and then I use my destination friend wedding as like my, um, well, if we were doing a wedding in Puerto Rico or Jamaica, like, yeah, maybe we could be spending this much, but like, we're doing it here. So we're doing it in Rhode Island. We're doing it in an area where weddings are crazy. Plus we're doing the, you know, several different events. Um, so we have definitely <laughs> like blown through what we thought we were going to get through. But I think it's, um, something that we have to do. A lot of the stuff is stuff that we don't want to negotiate on, but things that I have given up, like I'm not doing a videographer, for example, because I, I don't have extra couple thousand dollars to, to throw towards it. I'm setting up my iPad on a ring light and, and literally just videotaping everything myself and giving it to a friend who does videography and saying, hey, can you like put some of this together and create like a little slideshow for me? Um, we're not doing a cake because I don't think anybody actually eats cake and nobody cares when I'm cutting the cake and I barely eat cake. So that was like a couple hundred dollars that we could take out. We're not doing boutonnieres for the guys. Like these little things that don't mean a lot, but will help us save and like penny pinch a little here and there um, that are things that are just like, okay, well, we don't need this it's not something that either of us really care about and it's it's not saving a lot but it's at least something um we're just really lucky and fortunate that we have family helping us too um my grandparents are really excited to help and my family and tyler's family is also extremely excited to help and that's making things a little bit easier but we are fronting a lot ourselves so it's it's definitely stressful, but I keep reminding myself that so long as neither of us ever get fired or lose our jobs, um, fingers crossed, we will see, you know, keep having money coming in the door and we'll get out of debt eventually. Someday, maybe. Jenna, you know, I think that you just gave like a nice little nugget for our listeners to take with them that, you know, obviously everybody has a budget, no matter what it is, we all have it. And everybody has what's important to them and what's important to one might not be what's important to the other. So what you're doing to basically compromise and bring your budget back up to where it needs to be is you're cutting out the things that, yes, it'd be nice to have, but you, it's not important to you. I think that's what really it comes down to is what really matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I kind of did the same thing. I, I made like a list when we first started our wedding planning, I made like a list of my number one important thing that I needed, wanted, couldn't, um, not have. And then I kind of went down the list and wrote everything that obviously that goes with a wedding, like, you know, one through 50, whatever it was. And, um, in the beginning, we did really well. We stuck with the budget. Um, I found that it was hard to stick with the budget when we got to the end, when little things kept coming up. Like I did not realize at the like month before the wedding, two months before the wedding, all these little things that you don't um, plan for, just like things coming up. Um, you know, even just the seating chart, I tried to do it on my own and did it like five different times and had to keep redoing it. So like that was little added expenses, but at the end of the day, things just 
kept adding up more and more. And, um, you know, I, I did say that in the beginning, like, you know, photography, video, things that I was going to remember the day by always were like top things and like flowers. I like kind of went less expensive on flowers because I really didn't care as much for those as much as I did other things. So like, that's where I kind of pulled from. And then as the timeline went on, if I said, oh, I really need this, but I just would look and see what was less important and like take things out. Like favors weren't a huge thing to me. So like we did, my mom ended up getting the favors for us. Cause she's like, you have to have favors, <laughs> but like, it wasn't big to me. So, um, I agree. You definitely have to like, see what's most important to you. And that's a great piece of advice where you started with a spreadsheet and you started with like your most important and then you so, so, like slowly worked your way down. And then also too, for the listeners, the takeaway probably be keep a small budget of that, those unforeseen costs that are going to happen last minute. All right. So I have a question for you all. Did you get your photos and video back and which memories were your favorite? Um, so my favorite memory was definitely the first look, the photos that we got back of the first look, because my husband did cry. <laughs> so um, that to me, 100% hands down was was top, top moment of the whole day for me. I love that. And that's for, that, for people who are thinking about doing a first look. There's your takeaway. It's a, it's a wonderful moment because so many people think that doing a first look is going to take away that emotion. But yes, he did cry and it was more raw and emotional. So that's great. Anybody else? Um, so we just got our wedding video back, um, partly due to me not being able to pick what songs we wanted. Nothing to do with our videographer. Um, we haven't watched it yet. We're like waiting until we have some time to just like really enjoy it and watch it together. But um, probably the thing I'm looking forward to most um, watching, because the pictures are great, is our first dance. We took dance lessons and it was, something that I kind of thought of, I think in July. So just months before the wedding. And I thought, you know what, I really want to do like a choreographed dance. My husband was totally game for it. I mean, very lucky he was willing to do it. And the pictures we have of the dance, you know, we had a dip at the end that no one was expecting. So just being able to like watch back our dance. Um, and then also the ceremony we got married in a catholic church and we didn't do a first look and so you know pictures my husband cried too and um just those pictures and being able to like watch it on video um i think will be really special we had um during communion we had the song the prayer that andrea bocelli and um things I'm sure people know it but it's half in Italian half in English and I am 100% Italian so the singers who performs that at our wedding it was the most beautiful piece of music like I've ever heard and I'm so thankful like we have the video and like something that I'm really looking forward to like watching back great and Emily and Corey I think the picture that means the most we have the raw video footage which is beautiful my husband did not cry when he saw me walk down the aisle and I keep bringing that up to him. Um, but the pictures that are most important are um, all of us as a family, um, beyond just me and Corey. And I think even now, just looking back, I mean, we got married in 2020, but even so much, my niece and nephew, they look so different. So, so much has happened in between that time, good and bad, that you can remember through it. But I think having the, the family picture 
teachers together um, are most important because what you were touching upon earlier, Sarah, is one day all those people won't be with you. You know, um, hopefully you get a long time, but some things happen unexpectedly and it, someone might be taken from you too soon. So make sure that you get those family photos because you're going to want them. You're going to need them. That's awesome. All right, two quick last questions. Are you ready, guys? Speed round. All right, so for the couples that have already been married, um, is there anything that you would have done differently? All right, so now, sorry, but Britt and Dom and Jenna, I really have to put you on the spot. <laughs> so after hearing some different viewpoints, has is there anything that you've reconsidered, I mean, about your upcoming wedding plans? What's standing out to you? What's on your hot list? What do you want to have a conversation with off camera when we're done with this? Um, so I texted one of my bridesmaids just now. And I said, um, someone on the podcast that I'm doing brought up a really good point that it's really hard to coordinate the wedding day when you're the bride. And if you don't have a planner, it can be a lot of stress. Can I ask you to help me with that on the days of making sure everybody's getting ready and stuff? I feel like you're forceful enough to make sure it's going smoothly. And I can trust you with a really detailed itinerary to convey to you exactly what needs to happen when, and you'll remember. So this friend of mine is a type A attorney. She's a mom. Um, she is one of my closest friends down here in Philly and she is not my maid of honor or, um, my matron of honor because those are friends of mine from Rhode Island. So as far as responsibility goes, um, my maid and matron of honor, my sister and my best friend have like probably a w way too much going on. My grandmother is going to be enjoying the experience. Tyler's mom's going to be enjoying the experience. So as Jessica was talking about this, I'm like, who am I going to appoint to do this? And she said, yes. So Yay. Good. and that's what I learned awesome. today. And I really appreciate you making that point um, so that I can make sure that everything's taken care of. We helped one person today by bringing these people together, Sarah. I know. Well, Jessica helped with that too. <laughs> but we brought them together. We, have, we just take ownership. We brought, we, yeah. Yes. High five. Yes, I'm glad I was able to help one person <laughs> with one of my wedding regrets so that her day goes better. Yay. All right, Britt and Dom. So I'm also slightly reconsidering a wedding planner, but I don't know if it will actually happen. My main thing is now I want a videographer. And I don't know if how Dominic's feeling about that. I just feel like, you know, I, I was a photography major. I love photos. And I do think they can capture a lot. But like that first dance and the moments with your family and you know, like the father-daughter dance, all those things. Like now I want them, I'm like thinking about this, I'm like I want them on video. I want those moments with my family and, you know, my grandparents in their nineties and my dad. And now I, I want to be able to watch them back and show it back to my kids. And Britt, you know, there's two ways you can tackle that because obviously, you know, it's something that you have to budget. You either can just do a videographer because coming from a photographer, those are the things that we can capture your memories to. Like when you look at a still image, you will put your memory to that still image, but a video will actually put the exact, uh, you know, what the exact thing that's happening. Basically, it's documenting it. 
So, you know, you either can hire a videographer. Videographers do different levels. Like I talked about earlier, I didn't watch my full footage yet. I'm not ready to do that yet because my my memories of my wedding are fresh in my head. One day that, that day will cross. So a lot of times people do recaps or you could do something what Jenna's doing. And if it's not in your budget, then you can just have, you know, somebody record those memories for you. I mean, obviously it's not professionally done, but it is being documented. So it's really nice to kind of revisit that. It looks like, Don, you're going to have a little conversation happening after this taping <laughs> so for the wrap-up question what is one part of the wedding planning experience that you regret and one part that you absolutely would not change so one thing that I would regret was not including my husband in more planning um, and one thing that I don't regret um, was having um, probably the most amazing bridesmaids that have that really helped me through a lot of it um, in terms of them being married and getting their advice. So I would say lean on your people that you know that have been married before for advice for things too. Emily and Corey. This is really hard to wrap up in a sentence or two, I think because our situation is pretty unique. Um, but one thing I thought I would regret was not having the big elaborate reception like I planned. Um, but I actually ended up not regretting it because something I think you touched on Sarah earlier was this is your wedding day, but it's, you know, that day moving forward is your marriage. And that's the most important outcome of this whole thing. So really, I think being able to sit back now and looking at those little teeny tiny things that we were all saying, you know, the boutonniere is not super important. You can get rid of that. A cake, do you really need one? Maybe not. Um, I think our, our situation put into perspective what is important and why is it important to us truly or was it something that we felt like we needed to do because at the end of the day it's your day it's your wedding but it's ultimately your life is what's most important and i think being able to sit here now um having gone through this in the middle of a pandemic and now having a beautiful healthy nine-month baby girl it really do i wish that i had all of the beautiful things, 100%. Um, but do I regret not having them like I thought I did? No, because in my heart, I have so much more than than what that day could have brought me. How about you, Corey? <laughs> yeah, I, honestly, the sentiment is exactly the same. I feel like that day, given the circumstances, regardless, turned out exactly how it should have. And it was beautiful. It was beautiful, yeah. And it was intimate. And there's people that, yes, we wish they could have been there, but they still were there um, in the capacity that they could be. So, yeah, I, I, I don't have any regrets. It was exactly how it should have been. We're one of the lucky ones. And Jessica. Um, so aside from not having a wedding planner, <laughs> which I talked about earlier, the other regret I would say, um, which Emily brought up a good point, was you know, she was late to her ceremony, but she just wanted to be relaxed. And I was so stressed about all the little details of the day. And that's probably, you know, a big regret. We were late for the ceremony and, you know, we got delayed even once we arrived to the church. But for any Sex in the City fans out there, you know, in the movie, Carrie says she let the wedding get bigger than big. And I felt like looking back, I wish I had just been like, you know what, we're late. These things didn't go as planned. But but it's my wedding day. I'm going to just take a deep breath. But instead, I was just so anxious about all these things. So that's, you know, I wish 
I could change that. But I guess the thing I don't regret, which is kind of weird going off that, is once everything did start, it was the perfect, like everything I had envisioned, mansion, ball gown. It was a fairy tale wedding that I'd always dreamed about since I was a little girl. Having all of our friends and family there, you know, there were so many times during wedding planning, I was like, you should just elope and like, this stress isn't worth it. But like, it was in the end, like the day was just incredible. And like, being able to share it with everyone, the money, the stress, the tears, like anyone going through the wedding planning, like, it really is like, such an incredible day that it's hard to describe until you until you live through it. You guys, that was so special for me too. Like I, I'm just overwhelmed. Like all of your advice and the emotion and everything. I'm just so grateful for your time. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> thanks for having yeah, us. Thanks for having yeah, us. Thank you. Thank you. This is fun. Thank you for listening to Wedding Secrets Unveiled. I appreciate you being here. And hey, if you enjoyed this episode, I want to tell you something. I encourage you to check out our website at sarahzarella.com. We love photographing while having fun, of course. Check out our podcast page on our website for our show notes along with upcoming episodes with your local wedding experts. Listen in as we help you plan your epic event. And don't forget that you can actually subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening so you never miss an episode. I would so appreciate if you left a review for us on Apple Podcasts. Even better, share it with a friend. It's a great way to show your support and let us know what you think. If you know any wedding experts that would like to be a guest, we have a link directly on our website where they can let us know. Thank you for listening.